0: Every decision that you make has consequences. Are you making yourself better? Or are you making yourself worse? Are you moving forward or are you moving back? Are you making progress or are you stagnating? Every little decision you make counts. There are no shortcuts. There are no hacks. If you want to take the easy road, I promise you, it's longer and more painful than the hard road.
1: What do you think of when you hear the word discipline? Maybe it's like the words you just heard in that short audio clip. The type of discipline that requires us to try really hard and work to the best of our ability to complete a task, whether it's taking on a certain diet, or becoming more fit, or maybe learning a new skill. Today on Farming with Jesus, the podcast where we explore how the seeds of faith grow in our lives, we're going to unpack this idea of discipline. But it's not the type of discipline that you may think. It isn't a matter of exerting some extreme effort in order to prove ourselves on whether or not we're good enough. Instead, there's a different type of discipline at work in our lives. Lay your, troubles down. Set your feet on solid ground. Peace deep I, I wanna follow. I'm here with Paul Thomason, and uh, today, as we think about this uh, new episode in the podcast, we're transitioning a bit. We have been looking at the ways that emotions impact our lives as Christians, but now we're shifting our focus a bit, and Paul, can you fill us in on what we're thinking? What are we going to be looking at here next?
0: The topic we are going to approach is that of spiritual disciplines or spiritual formation, uh, habits of the heart, how we can take habits, good habits, biblically prescribed habits, um, and we can see those habits used in a significant way to make us more and more like Jesus. We're farming with Jesus. It's our way of participating with him in the growth of our lives as followers of Christ. So spiritual disciplines help us
1: participate in that work that He is doing. And if you had to sum up, could you give us a, a one sentence definition? How do you how would you describe a spiritual discipline?
0: Um Well they are they're practices. They're not they're not sort of thing we are one and done with. Their practices are some people prefer the word habit. There are habits that we enter into uh, not simply as a means towards self-improvement, although it may certainly result in that, but as a means by which we can uh, know the Lord better and we can deepen and broaden um, our following after Christ. There are spiritual habits, spiritual formation uh, efforts that we exert to become more and more like Christ, know him better. So that's a good
1: distinction. We're not talking about self-improvement. We're not talking about something that is simply going to help us have a, a better blood pressure or become a, a more of a fit person or that's not necessarily even a more intelligent person it's not about personal improvement am i hearing you right
0: yeah, yeah i guess uh, but you know those things can kind of overlap at times if we are um, if we are practicing meditation for example uh, we're taking the word of god and we're we're thinking it over and we're we're being deliberate and purposeful about taking those truths in and ruminating on them it could very well be that they have a benefit to us our anxiety level may go down our blood pressure may be reduced that's not the ultimate goal but that may be a byproduct of that for sure sure that makes sense now this may seem a little bit
1: obvious but we do want to be clear especially in light of what we mentioned a little bit ago in that comparison at the beginning we heard that that clip about the way that we need to kind of pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and power through and have discipline and determination uh... so something that's important uh, for us to think about is also what are we not talking about here so we've we've got this definition of spiritual disciplines but what are we not how are we distinguishing them from other things as well
0: well i think it ultimately has to do with their purpose um... It has to do with why we're, the why of, of doing them. Um, you know, if you're gonna play the piano well, you've gotta practice. If you're gonna keep in some semblance of physical shape, you've gotta exercise. Um, can those be spiritual disciplines i i i I guess Uh, but again it has to do with their ultimate purpose and spiritual disciplines like any discipline require a degree of of self-discipline i mean if you're going to get up and pray in the morning you got to get out of bed if you're going to read the bible you got to turn the television off if you're going to cultivate thanksgiving you've got to create a heart of gratitude. So there is that aspect in which those things overlap. But again, I think if you burrow down, it ultimately comes down to purpose. Why are we doing these things? What is what is driving that, um, that action, that discipline, that passion? What's behind it? That's a good point. And another
1: purpose that we are not trying to communicate here is that we're not saying that the reason why we do these spiritual disciplines is so that we can try to prove ourselves before God. We're not trying to show how spiritual we are.
0: Right? Right. Because those things um, if you get up in the morning to pray early if you're looking out the window to see is the neighbor up? Am I I ahead of him or her? Um, uh, Or if you're dropping hints at at work, you know. Oh, I was up at four thirty this morning praying. Eh, well, yeah, okay. It kind of can rob us of the, if they become a, pride point for us, or if we think God loves us more, because we're disciplining ourselves. That that kind of erodes the very purpose for which, we're doing them. Ultimately. Ultimately, we do want to to recognize that.
1: God loves us even before we do absolutely. spiritual disciplines. Yes, absolutely. And we come to know Him, and and it's out of the freedom that we have in Him, in light of the fact that He's given us new life, and that we have a relationship with Jesus. Uh, these disciplines are things that help us to grow in that relationship, simply because we want to. We desire to be close to God, right. not because we feel like we're obligated that right. we must do it in order to to earn our keep or something like that
0: yeah there's no doubt again that there are times we do um we don't feel like getting up and praying and we don't feel like singing uh, we don't feel like giving thanks and all things and we do it out of obedience and faithfulness there's no doubt but ultimately they're not as a means by which if we do it enough we do it hard enough god will check the box and say okay you're in that's not the way it works it it can become it can become uh, sideways with the purpose for which we're ultimately doing if we look at them that way if we think about them that way yeah. now you mentioned something earlier you made a brief comment about
1: the way that the spiritual disciplines allow us to participate in the work that God is doing in us and can you unpack that a little bit more deeply, specifically with regard to the way that spiritual disciplines guide us in how we are farming with Jesus? Uh, the, the idea of this podcast, uh, what does that mean for us to farm with Jesus through the spiritual disciplines, in a sense?
0: Right. Well, uh, you know, I love, in the spring, every spring, uh, for many years now, I have planted a garden and i love doing it i enjoy the benefits of it but in order for that garden to be planted i have to go out clean the clean the garden off uh, buy the seed put them in the ground cultivate it i fertilize it um, i go out and pick the fruit uh, off Um, and so god ultimately grows the tomatoes or the potatoes or the zucchini he does it's by his process and so the the idea that somehow we just simply automatically grow in our faith we automatically become like christ is a bit foreign to the scripture there's a sense in which we um discipline ourselves for the (laughs) pardon me for the sake of godliness so Uh, there is that obedient side of it, that that side in which we must put forth effort uh, to um, comply with what God is calling us to do and in concert with the filling of the Spirit and the, the help He gives us to be able to accomplish what He is seeking to accomplish in our lives.
1: And when we think of the different ways to do this, Uh, There can be a lot of different things that might come to people's mind when they think about spiritual disciplines. Maybe some of the first that people think of might be prayer or studying scripture. Those are two that we come to time and time again, and rightly so, for good reason. But... More broadly speaking, can you help us understand some different ways that we can think about the different types of spiritual disciplines? I, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of ways people have categorized or tried to organize them, but what, what can you tell us, broadly speaking, that can be helpful in
0: trying to sort through the different disciplines that exist? Well, you're right. There are people that talk about the our disciplines uh, uh, like uh, fasting or um giving or silence or reading Uh, some people talk about inner disciplines of prayer and meditation Uh, some people talk about uh, the disciplines of the individual some talk about corporate disciplines worship in which we discipline ourselves uh, together so um I think the thing we have to be a little careful, Jonah, is that we we don't generate, I I think there are things, I think there are commonly held practices uh, historically that the church has taught and done, prayer, worship, giving, um, some would say frugality, um, silence, uh, these are historic and have been done by the church for for hundreds of years uh, to good end. But you, know, you got to be a little careful of putting the disciplines in a box and making a list. We all like these lists, and then we just operate on the basis of this list. Um, I I think there are ways that we can look at the disciplines they are a little more open uh, than that. Um, historically, the church didn't have the Internet and cell phones and um, Apple Watches and all of those, (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) pardon me, all of those um, things that we have in our day. And so we have to think a little more broadly, I think, uh, about the disciplines. That's helpful because
1: if we're not careful, we can fall into the trap of thinking that the only things or only times in our life that are spiritual are the times when we are engaging in spiritual disciplines? But right. that's not really what we're trying to say No, here. not at all. Come now if you can hear me. I wanna follow
0: you. So yeah, so uh, you know, I think when people hear the spiritual disciplines, frankly, I think there's a lot of guilt that begins to gin up in people's lives. Uh, I think of a young mother who has a baby and a toddler and her time is consumed and sure she would like to discipline herself for silence she would love to have some silence she Bible reading prayer I'm not trying to excuse her but uh, we have to we have to pay attention be mindful of the place the Lord has us see what the Lord is doing in our lives through the circumstances that surround us um all of us could probably do better with our time. I could do better with my time, um, but you got to be a little careful. You don't become so rigid. You don't become so caught up in this, so militaristic about it, so legalistic about it, uh, that again it becomes um, destructive to the very purpose for which the disciplines exist. As you know, through church history, people have done all kinds of wild and crazy things with the with the spiritual disciplines. You know and and um, eh, you, you can get a little sideways if you're not
1: careful. come on Don't wait for tomorrow. Come on, my brother. So if someone came to you and said, Okay, Paul, I, I hear you saying these things. Spiritual disciplines. Are things that we should do, but ultimately, why should I view those disciplines as things that are important? What what's the motivation behind it? How is it actually going to benefit me?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, um, we are shaped ultimately by those things uh, that we do and those habits that we um, consciously or unconsciously do. Um, we're shaped by the things we read. We're shaped by we, um, if we spend a lot of time on social uh, media, if we are um, watching the news all the time, if we are a constant complainer, if we are constantly looking uh, for the negative. All those things shape us. So it's not like we don't have these um, activities already forming us as human beings. They are. And so the disciplines is making a choice, a decision, a deliberate, purposeful, intentional decision to have these pipelines of grace that God has given us by which we can grow in our faith and grow in our love for Christ and grow in our love for others. These are vehicles. These are tools. These are means toward an end. And um, to participate in them is to choose to <coughs> it is to choose to do that which can aid in our becoming more and more like Christ. I, I, all, the ultimate motivation is love of Jesus. I mean that's that is the primary motive I think. Yes and, and the ways that we grow in our love of
1: Jesus come through various different things that we do that form us. And, of course, that uh, the power of the Holy Spirit is working in us. We're not trying to say that, that we enact this change by ourselves. But at the same time, we do recognize that God invites us to participate in our lives of faith. We make decisions. And it's important to think about the ways we're being formed by the things that we do, whether that's good or whether that's bad. Right. I was reading a book recently by someone named Tish Harrison Warren and she was telling the story about when she was in college she talked about how she was in a dorm room and in the dorm room like many others didn't really have access to a full kitchen or anything like that but her roommate did have a little burner that would allow them to boil some water and so one of their go to foods was like many other college students ramen noodles so it At times, this would be a go-to snack or even meal. Mm. They would go, put some on, whip up some ramen noodles quickly and eat those. And what she described is that after a while, time and again, she would eat these ramen noodles. And she got to the point where she actually desired the ramen noodles more than... Mm. uh, the opportunity to go to the dining commons where she could go and have much more, uh, much tastier food, food that was much healthier, food that would be eaten around other people that would provide some fellowship there. But yet, time and again, that was what she came back to. And she says that in the same way, uh, I had taught myself to crave certain things and not others. And I am either Formed by the practices of the church into a worshipper who can receive all of life as a gift, or I am formed inevitably as a mere consumer, even a consumer of spirituality. Yeah, and, and so that idea of even just something like ramen noodles gives us a an insight into a, the larger picture of what we're doing and how that shapes us.
0: Sure, and some you know some of that shaping is conscious, uh, some of it's unconscious. Um, advertisers are uh, experts at cultivating and creating desire and thirst and hunger for their products. And if we constantly consume that, then that shapes our desires and our longings. And so um, we uh, yeah, yeah, I, I guess it's about living with intentionality and purpose. We have to be intentional and in, cultivating this desire to love the lord and to uh, follow him to farm with jesus we've got to cultivate that we've got to I like the word we've got to pour gas on that fire and one of the ways we do that is the spiritual disciplines they're not magic no by no means
1: uh, it's not some magic dust that we sprinkle on oh. ourselves and looking for an instantaneous change it's something that's going to happen over a long period of time right. that often might be slower than we would wish but really that's the life of discipleship and the life of growing in our relationship with god it is a gradual process that takes place and at times i think as christians we can be Uh, caught up in the different things that we believe and think and rightly so. I'm not minimizing or negating that whatsoever. Uh, But even in the midst of the things that we're thinking, we're trying to recognize right doctrine and have the things that we think about God in order. That we know what we believe about Jesus, the Son of God. And we know what we believe about god and his work in the world all those things are essential but at the same time we can't think that life as a christian is simply a matter of thinking the right things and the spiritual disciplines remind us that we have these practical ways that we live our lives that we do these things as a result of what christ
0: has done for us as christians exactly And I've witnessed, for example, I've witnessed with my wife. She grew up in a family who believed the, the way you respond to most circumstances of life is to worry about it, riddled with anxiety. And so her basic response to everything was anxiety. Several years ago, though, she determined, by the grace of God, to cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving. And through some things she had read, people that influenced her, and so she started a thanksgiving journal, and she writes down three to five things every day that she's thankful for, and she's been very intentional about that. And I have had the privilege of bearing witness to the fact that it has significantly changed her uh, as a woman who... um, tends to be much less riddled with anxiety much more full of joy and uh, gratitude and laughter even and um, and uh, living with a sense that the Lord's in control and I see the blessings of God in my life and the lives of others so you're right the disciplines ultimately and finally can shape us they can mold us uh, into people, and I, and I, I think you you've already said, and I think it's absolutely right. The, it's not necessarily just a discipline. It's the spirit of God using that uh, reality to ultimately change our hearts. We can't change our hearts. Sure. Only the Lord can do that.
1: And I wouldn't want to put too many words in your mouth there, but when you're talking about that situation you just described, I can't imagine that all it took was one day of writing Uh, down five things uh, that we can be thankful for. I mean, I imagine that in her life that was something that after doing that time and again and cultivating this sense of thankfulness, that was what eventually led to where she's at today Would that be correct
0: absolutely and it by no means means that she is home free and doesn't struggle with it anxiety yet today she does but um there is a sense in which she farming with jesus working with uh jesus gets up spends that time with the lord uh even on vacation she's very disciplined about it and uh it has wrought great fruit in her life to the glory of God and the good of people around her. It's liberated her in terms of service. Um it's it's yielded great good and 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 she would say to God be the glory for that. But you're right, it did not happen overnight. It took a while and continues to be a process. We're never done. Never done.
1: This process is something that that is continually drawing our hearts close to God and orienting ourselves uh, back to God in the midst of all of the different distractions and temptations that we have in life. Uh, you and I both really like it. an author named James K. A. Smith. Yes. And in one of his books, he tells a little story about uh, something that happened back in 1914. It was a, a fatal accident that happened in the ocean, and there was one ship that was set sail in one in one direction. It was partway through, crashed into by another ship. I mean, the the other one just completely ran into it, uh, wasn't just brushing it. It sank the other ship, and 41 people died Mm. as a result of this. And afterward, there was some investigation. There was some questioning and uh, trying to figure out how this happened because initially the assumption was just, well... The, the ship that crashed into the other one was to blame. And mm. so the captain who was operating that ship was to blame for the fact that he uh, steered the boat into the other one. But as they explored a little bit deeper, they uh, revealed that the captain of the other ship actually had a role as well, because he had been using for a while a compass that was faulty. He hadn't gotten it fixed, he knew it wasn't quite working properly, but he figured, eh, it'll get the job done. It'll be fine. And even though it was just a few degrees off, over time that began to gradually bring him further and further away from where he was intending to go, which in this case meant that... That decision in part put them in the position where they were unexpected and they got hit by this other ship. Mm. So there was some responsibility on both sides there. And uh, James K.A. Smith, the, the author there that I mentioned, re- uh, reflects on this. And he says if the heart is like a compass, then we need to regularly calibrate our hearts, tuning them to be directed to the Creator, our magnetic north. Mm. And I I think that's a really powerful picture of our hearts and the way that we do need to reorient ourselves and spiritual disciplines are ways that we can do that.
0: Yeah, I love the verse to uh, an older gospel song that says, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to lead the God I love. Here's my heart, O take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And... I, you know, I'm 63. I've lived long enough to, to be a little self-aware and recognize that our hearts can take us places in the, in the direction we shouldn't go, don't want to ultimately go. And so I think what you're saying, Jonah, is 110% right. And I think the disciplines are a way to help orient that Direction, orient our hearts to uh, keep us uh, looking, aimed, walking in the right direction. So
1: at this point, someone may be listening and thinking, okay, you, you're talking about what the, s- the spiritual disciplines are, you're talking about why they're important, but I want to get into some spiritual disciplines. Well, what are you actually going to be talking about here? Uh, and while we we aren't going to go into any of them in detail today, uh, help us begin to think about some of the types of things we've we've uh, discussed a little bit about what some of these are going to be. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a sneak peek at maybe what one or two of those may be?
0: Well, we've we've talked at length, uh, the two of us, about this and. Um they're the obvious ones. If you read a book written by Foster, uh, probably was, is the quintessential book written on the spiritual disciplines. Donald Whitney has a book. Dallas Willard has a book. Um, Bloch, I think is the gentleman's name, has a book. There are all kinds of books out there, and their lists run fairly similar. They talk about things like things we've already mentioned, Bible study, prayer, quiet, Uh, giving, serving, um, fasting, all of which uh, you and I would advocate, but we may take a little different look at some of those disciplines and talk about some of the disciplines that may not typically be understood, and if folks really want to know what those are, then they're going to have to listen. They're going to have to listen to hear um, some of the ways that we can cultivate a um, a uh, heart uh, that has its compass oriented in the right direction. They there may be disciplines that they have not thought about, and that correlate to the time and day in which we live. That's right. And we we mentioned the way that spiritual disciplines are a
1: process. They're things that take time and patience, and it's going to take some time and patience for us to explore these as well and unpack these different disciplines.
0: Yeah, and for example, just as a hint, um, I used to take a Sunday paper and I would find myself, I still take a Sunday paper, but I would find myself on Sunday morning before church uh, looking at the ads. And as I looked at the ads in the paper, I found myself, (coughs) I found myself full of um, anxiety and covetousness over all this stuff I wanted to buy. So, a discipline I developed was I would not look at the Sunday paper till Sunday afternoon, and I seemed to have a much better time at worship. Um, so, we're, we're going to look at things a little differently, m- maybe lift some of those th- habits out that people m- may not think about. So we invite
1: you to uh, tune back in and take a listen to some of those. We're excited about the opportunity to do these episodes, and we're looking forward to those ways to take a look at them in a little bit different ways. So as always, thank you for listening to Farming with Jesus. And again, we look forward to having you back next week.